0: So the IRS is supposed to receive $80 billion over the next 10 years, which is close to doubling its budget. And people are calculating that that will result in hiring about 87,000 new agents. Now, not all of that will, money will go to new agents. Uh, about 50% is for uh, enforcement. They need to invest a lot in technology, as we all, all know, IRS uses uh, outdated technology. and This will give them funds to uh, update their technology.
1: Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning into the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. And welcome to episode 160 of APM Success. I'm very pleased to be joined by a friend of the show, Evgeny Ivanov, who is a CPA and a senior tax manager with a healthcare focus at Whipley, which is a uh, tax and accounting and advisory firm outside of Chicago. Evgeny is here to talk about the recent Inflation Reduction Act that was published or that was uh, approved just last week and some of the tax implications. Turns out that they're a lot less than could have been, perhaps. So, Evgeny, thanks for joining us today.
0: And Justin, it's always a pleasure to be on your show, and uh, I guess I'll start with that. That today, the date is October sixteenth, and the president is supposed to sign it today. If he, maybe he's signing it as we speak right now.
1: Today is August sixteenth.
0: That's right, <laughs> oh, August sixteenth.
1: Yes. You know, things go through the Senate, go through the House, both legislatures agree, goes to President Biden's office for signature, and then. If, you know, Biden has said he's going to obviously execute this. So what were some of the things, Evgeny, that we were fearing or perhaps, I mean, for me, a lot of it was the things we were hoping for, the salt (laughs) cap raising, for example. But what were some of the things that were mentioned as, you know, some of these tax policy items, even in the Build Back Better, the infrastructure bill earlier on? There was President Biden and others have wanted to sort of put tax policy into other proposals. What were some of the other things in play?
0: So after President Biden... Was elected. There was a lot of talks of various various tax changes that will be implemented and and put in uh, in place. I think the bill is a lot smaller. It's about one trillion compared to over three t- trillion before. One of the, a couple other main uh, aspects that are not in this bill, to me, is the backdoor Roth IRA, which was supposed uh, the loophole, which was supposed to be eliminated. I've heard even talks about making uh escort income subject to a uh, self-employment tax.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A couple others that were on my list, the, uh, the basis step up, That's which right. is, you know, whenever you die, you have a certain basis, the price you've paid for all of your investments and property and things like that. Whenever your heirs get them currently, the basis goes up to the current market value at the time of your death. So that they don't pay taxes on those gains, the you know if you buy a house when you're 30 and gift it to your grandkids or your kids when you die at 80 years old, there's a lot of value that's gone up. The gains associated with all that time frame are now going to be sort of overlooked by the IRS. And there was talk about that going away. That has not gone away. The, I talked about the salt cap. That's the salt state cap. and local tax salt as an acronym. There was some talk that this current ten thousand dollar cap was going to be raised to eighty thousand or perhaps removed altogether, that has not happened. So in my now home state of Oregon, where it's 9.9% on your income, you're paying a lot of state taxes in addition to Multnomah County has their own taxes, there's property taxes, but none yeah, of that. And another,
0: the last item that was eliminated was the carried interest,
1: mm-hmm. which yep.
0: is uh, which affects the hedge fund managers. Basically, they, they pay income tax on most of their income at the capital gain rates instead of ordinary, like uh, most of us. And uh, Senator Cinema was opposed to that, changing that in that state. So as of now, if you're a hedge fund manager, you still keep paying taxes on at uh, capital gain rates.
1: Yeah. In addition to ordinary income rates staying the same. So there was a lot of That's bluster right. about all the things, all the changes that were going to happen. It turns out that the modifications to the current tax code are much more modest. Yeah. We want to dig into in in a few minutes here, are some of those some of those changes. So there's a couple different categories of As you reviewed the proposal and sort of the legislation in its current form, and we presume is going to be the final form here. What kinds of things stood out to you? Or what did you see there? Now, if I have to pick one item out of all
0: the changes, that that to me is the funding for the IRS. Mm-hmm. So the IRS is supposed to receive 80 billion over the next 10 years, which is close to doubling its budget. And People are calculating that that will result in hiring about 87,000 new agents. Now, not all of that will, money will go to new agents. Uh, about 50% is for uh, enforcement. They need to invest a lot in that technology, as we all all know. Iris uses uh, outdated technology, and this will give them funds to uh, update their technology. So that is that is the one if you have to pick one item of this bill that that probably will affect most of us now if you listen to you know the congressmen and congresswomen and even uh, uh yelich the treasury secretary they're saying that this is not going to affect taxpayers who make less than 400,000 and this is what the argument is how can they guarantee that now, you can't really say that 87,000 new agents will focus on ordering people that make more than 400,000. And it's still to see. I mean, uh, we don't know anything yet. And one thing, that I don't forget that the IRS moves so slowly. So it will take probably at least three years until we feel the effect of this funding trickle down to, to the taxpayers.
1: Yeah, it is interesting to think about the effect of that heightened enforcement. And there's, you know, I'm sure some aggressive tax strategies, some of which we've talked about on this show, not not recommending them, obviously, but as something to be aware of that's out there, it'll be interesting to see if the winds of change cause some like prevailing wisdom in terms of like the things you can quote unquote, get away with or places where people are pushing the envelope where I'll, I'll be interested to see if among my advisor friends if people are getting more and more conservative in tax policy. Although, as you mentioned, it's going to take a few years. I don't know if for any less listeners who either have worked for the government or, you know, the VA or the, the the cycles for hiring are very, very long. It takes a long time. I've heard stories of the IRS where that's also true specifically, you know, a, a few years lead time makes a lot of sense, but this is certainly I, it, it seemed like they're trying to put the, uh tax frauds on notice that uh, the music is about to stop and they're hiring a bunch of people to come after them. So as someone who, uh, you know, pays all the taxes that I owe, <laughs> I'm content to sit in the peanut gallery and eat popcorn and kind of watch the enforcement happen. Although hopefully what we see is not that, um, you know, normal law abiding citizens get dragged down into audits more frequently than they ought. But well, I guess details to follow on that one.
0: And depending on the size of the audit, it could be rather costly for the taxpayers. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Uh, Well, just dealing with the correspondence, gathering materials, uh, communicating with the IRS agent, I would not recommend doing it by yourself. Mm -hmm. And hiring uh, either a lawyer or CPA uh, will cost you a lot more than just filing a tax with them, than the cost of filing a tax with them. And uh, this was was the, the opposition argument where, you know, when the Democrats said that this is not going to increase taxes on... People that make less than four hundred thousand. Well, if you increase their cost of defending an, uh their position in an audit, that's technically increasing taxes. Right. Yeah. That Even sense. if it doesn't cover the definition of taxes. Yeah. Right.
1: So yeah, it's interesting that in terms of tax policy in this bill, there's you know there are some other changes we're going to talk about, but that the thing that's going to like most affect the everyday lives of Americans actually doesn't have to do with like percentages or brackets or anything. It's we're hiring more IRS agents and we're trying to boost enforcement. So something to be aware of. That's right, that's right. Uh, So what other categories did you kind of break things down into as you reviewed the proposal? Another
0: item that will affect some taxpayers, which actually is not new to the Inflation Reduction Act. It was enacted with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017. That is the limitation of excess losses from, from people's businesses. An example will be, let's say you have a business, an S corporation, a partnership, and there's a loss coming through that business. More than $500,000 if you merit you cannot take the excess of $500,000 against your income. So if you have a million-dollar salary and $700,000 loss, your income will be 500000 not 300000 So that was supposed to expire in 2025. And the Inflation Reduction Act extends it to 2028 now. It's still temporary, a few more years, but it's, it's something to have in mind. Mm-hmm.
1: Another area that I think will be of interest to listeners of this audience, although the inclusion that we drew upon reviewing may not be encouraging, it had to do with the uh, vehicles, electric vehicles and the sort of the energy efficiency I guess you call it re- like the rewarding of especially when in the vehicles but also in um, like infrastructure buildings etc the green energy initiative talk a little bit about that now if you look
0: at the bill and that's probably about to become law if it hasn't become yet uh most of the items there are about green initiatives and green credits and in- and increasing our green footprint and decreasing our Carbon monoxide footprint. I'll pick one item there. Probably has raised most questions in the last few years. That's the vehicle uh, electric vehicle credit. Now, before before this act, the via, the credit was up to seventy five hundred. It applied only to new vehicles, and it had a limitation on the manufacturer. So, for example, Tesla. Once they produced two hundred thousand vehicles, anybody else who bought Tesla afterwards not take the credit now the change here is they're lifting this limit uh, so there's no more limit on vehicle production but there's other limits now so there's limit on the cost of the vehicles which is i think it's fifty-five thousand for sedans and see the number i don't see it right now but it's, let's say seventy-five thousand or something like that for uh suvs and there's also a limitation ngi which is three hundred thousand for uh merit filing joint so if you make more than 300000 uh, uh, 300 merit filing jointly any vehicle costs more than the the maximum amount you still cannot take the credit now another change which will they're trying to there was a lot of talks lately on tv when they i know they pushed the new vehicle electric vehicle uh marketing was that most people cannot afford them now they're they're giving credit for buying a used vehicle. Electric vehicle. So, if you go and buy a used electric vehicle, you can still get a credit. There's other limitations there. Uh, I think the AGI is 150. It's lower, but it's it's something out there. They're trying to promote these vehicles to the lower income families. And of course, you can. Uh, there's a new item, a new credit for commercial vehicles, mm-hmm. which is also up to 7,500. There's do, different requirements there. That is the one item that will probably more people will be interested in from this inflation reduction act green credits let's put it that way
1: yeah so one interesting planning item here you know it's it's funny if we take the stereotypical stereotypical example of uh the doctor wants to buy the Tesla you know when they <laughs> finish residency and get the first job and you know the the prudent financial planner is going to wag their finger in disdain and say pay off all your debt first or whatever actually if you want to maximize the tax credit you could make an argument that in the year before you're in attending for the full year might be a time to consider buying that green energy efficient vehicle, because you're going to qualify for that extra 7,500 bucks off the top rather than buying it the year following when your AGI is going to be above that $300,000 limit. So to be clear, if your household income, if you're married and your household income is above $300,000, there's no federal tax benefit for you on the purchase of the vehicle. Now, there may be state specific ones that could kick in and help. I know they have those here in Oregon, but uh, at the federal level, that's uh, an interesting planning item to think about.
0: That's right and I mean you will paying it as you receive your attending income so might as well if you really want to buy a Tesla, buy it that first year when you first start, especially that year is not a full year because then definitely your income will be below the 300 thousand
1: yeah, but you can't get the Tesla plaid because that exceeds you know the v- per vehicle cost limits so you got to get something you know in the in the well I don't even know fifty five thousand for a sedan, 80 thousand for an SUV 80 thousand so, okay yeah you know calculate accordingly. And now
0: I don't know if they'll increase those amounts for inflation, because just we, we saw this last year the vehicle's prices increased significantly, yep. so 55,000 in a few years will, be, will buy you on a court, for example, not a Tesla. Yep. So we'll still just see what, what's going to happen there. Yeah, that's the main from uh, the green, green tax credit. This is the only one that it's worth mentioning. We can talk about so there's another item that people see a lot on tv lately is this 15 percent minimum tax on corporations Mm -hmm. on their book income and i don't know if uh, everybody understands it what it means so the uh, uh, in uh, it applies only to corporations that that report over 1 billion of net income and some people calculate that it will apply to about 150 corporations so it's not going to apply to everybody it's not going to apply to any of my clients for sure, but it's or it's nice. something it's something yeah it's something that you, you see on TV all the time. So what this means is a corporation, public traded corporation in this case, they they report book income on their uh, 10K report and it's it reported to the SEC, and then they have tax adjustments for the tax return. Well, you can have a situation where you have one billion of net, uh, book income and very little tax income. So the income tax of 21% is applied to the tax income. And that's why they're blamed of not paying their fair share of taxes all the time. So now this tax will be applied on the 1 billion of uh, book income that they report or more. And especially if uh, if it will be applied if the tax is more than the income tax. So if the, the income tax is let's say 1 billion and their book tax is $2 $2 billion, it will be $2 billion total. If their book tax is $500 million, it will still be $1 billion of income tax. That's how it works. Yeah, because the, these uh, public traded corporations are interested in reporting as much income as possible for their books. So their earnings, they show more earnings and the price of the stock goes up. And then they try to minimize the tax income and pay as little income tax as possible. So that is one item that doesn't apply to most of us, but it's it's very popular on TV right now and uh for people to understand why they talk about it and what it is
1: yeah and i think you know you mentioned this before the call of kenny that is a large chunk of how they plan to fund for example hiring eighty-seven thousand irs agents so it's got to come from somewhere and uh congress loves the budget neutral proposal at least on paper you can i guess you can make anything budget neutral if you torture the numbers enough but uh that'll be a, a big source of revenue to to fund a lot of these other initiatives
0: that's right and uh I mean, it happened the same thing happened with the uh, tax cuts and jobs act in 2017. You have to balance it. Will you apply it to the IRS? I think uh, the goal is to apply it against these green credits that they're implementing or extending, mm-hmm. but you have to uh, pay somehow for them. And yeah, there's some other items I know that, that don't really affect us at this point. There's some Medicare provisions mm-hmm. in the bill, but that's that may be a topic for a different discussion. Yes,
1: excellent. Well. For these tax conversations, I always like to keep it short and sweet. So Evgeny Ivanov, thank you very much for lending your expertise to the APM Success podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today.
0: Thanks, Justin. Thanks
1: for having me. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to APMSuccess.com, where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success. Today's podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing you heard today should be construed as advice for you or your specific circumstances, especially as it pertains to taxes, investments, legal, or healthcare compliance questions. Always consult a qualified expert who knows your circumstances in order to get appropriate professional advice.